0: Look at this, some pre-roll. Coming up in this episode of Me Talking Weirdo to You, we speak to comedian Ken Edwards about what it's like to have interviewed Mr. Weirdo Yankovic twice. We also play the return of the You Don't Know Al game. Except it's different this time, and also so many more funny things happen. So let's get to the point.
1: Way back when I was just a little bitty boy living in a box under the stairs at the corner of the basement of the house half a block down the street from Jerry's Bait Shop. You know the place. Well, anyway, back then, life was going swell and everything was just peachy.
0: Don't want to be a Canadian idiot. Don't want to be some beer-swilling hockey nut. (laughs) And do I look like some frostbitten hose head? I never learned my alphabet from A to Z. Welcome to Me Talking Weird Out to You, the only podcast that wants to talk to everyone in this whole godforsaken world <laughs> about weird out Yankovic. My opening lyrics got me real fired up and I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> my name is Dakota Rimmer and I am the host of this endeavor that we call Me Talking Weird Out to You where we sometimes change it up and this is one of those times. This isn't a typical episode. If you know how to read a title of a podcast then you're already you're already fully aware. I'm aware that I might have new listeners this week. So I'm trying to I'm trying to sound cool, but full disclosure, I'm not that cool. So uh, uh, maybe, maybe, if I, maybe if I had not have said it, no one would know. So regrets, I have them already. Um, I am joined by a guest that I'll introduce in a moment, but I wanted you to know that Garrett uh, will not be here tonight. But he did leave me a nice message that I'll I'll put in right here. Let me let me just play this for you. I haven't listened to it yet. So here we go. Garrett says,
2: "Hey Dakota, it's me." I know you told me I couldn't be on this episode this week, and I get it, I get it, it's okay, it's fine. Um, we're gonna do an awesome interview, I've been told, but why? I just don't get it. I am half of this podcast! Come
0: on, dude!
2: Oh Alright. Get back at me!
0: Oh, okay, well. Uncomfortable. Uh, anyway, moving on. My... Uh, guest today I'm really excited about because it's incredibly fun to talk to someone who is just over the moon about one Mr. Weird Al Yankovic like I myself am and Garrett and all the other fans of the show. Um, Sometimes you meet people (laughs) or you talk to people or you connect you make these connections and it's finally good to like Nerd out on certain things, as people would say, uh, and this is one of those times. I don't have to hold anything back, and I don't think my guest does either. And you know what? If you're listening to this right now, don't hold anything back either. Just pretend like you're at the in the conversation, and just just talk. Maybe every once in a while, I'll pause, and you can just be like, eh, 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 and here's what I think. So there you go. Um, he is the host of a podcast called So Let's Get to the Point. He also has a podcast called Welcome to Paradise, where they break down Green Day album. Um, he's also a stand-up comedian and several other things. We'll, we'll plug his YouTube, we'll plug his Twitter, all the things you can follow him on. But his name is Mr. Ken Edwards.
1: Dakota, that was such a nice intro. I feel great <laughs> about all of this. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here.
0: I'm glad you're here. I'm, I'm stoked to talk, to talk about Weird Al.
1: That's all I ever want to talk about to anyone. So, <laughs> the fact that this has t- taken three years to get to this point is kind of ridiculous.
0: I know. I after after connecting with you and all, on all this stuff, I realized we had old conversations, and I was like, ooh, yikes! I have egg on my face. <laughs>
1: I had totally forgotten that uh, I had messaged you about all that years ago, too. So, like, I was just over the moon that you messaged me about it. And then, <laughs> you, uh, like, literally minutes before we recorded, I was like, oh, I tried to get on this a few years ago. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: Whoops, my bad. <laughs> so, this was meant to be from the get-go, I think. <laughs>
1: I agree. I agree.
0: Oh, geez. Okay. So, if anybody's wondering, you know, what warrants a uh, Ken Edwards to be on my show, there is this, this series of... um. First of all, don't ask that question. Screw you for not thinking that he's a cool special guy. He's a special dude, right? Uh
1: I'm not gonna I'm not gonna agree with you, but I'll take I a compliment.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> I want you to say that you're special.
1: I'm uh I'm a special podcast guest this week. Yes, thank you.
0: Yeah. I I have to apologize. I'm never this hostile. I don't know what it is. <laughs> You're, I feel like I'm attacking out of nervousness.
1: This is, you've got the Scott Ackerman attitude of 450 episodes behind you.
0: <laughs> I've probably recorded that many and only released about 80. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> At least you have a filter. I right? I admire it.
0: Uh, I'm so glad that you're also a comedy Bang Bang fan because that's something I that I share in common that that I don't share with any single other person on my podcast network. Oh wow! Like just, yeah. I know. Isn't that weird?
1: Yeah, that is very surprising. I feel like the comedic sensibility lines up like perfectly with the whole what Al has always gone after in his zany Mm -hmm. manner.
0: Yeah, I know Garrett um, is a fan of the television show, but that has a lot to do with Weird Al. But I don't think he actually listens to the podcast, the Comedy Bang Bang podcast. Yeah,
1: as with most most like nerdy, silly things that I'm into, I discovered it because Weird Al was on it. Like those were the first episodes I like sought out and then got into it, uh, the non-AL episodes after that.
0: So let me ask you this, this is going to sound oddly tangential. Um, what was your, uh, foray into podcasting itself? Like, why did you start listening to podcasts?
1: Um, well, I, I was a big fan of Kevin Smith. I'm still a pretty big fan of Kevin Smith, but, uh, you know, his whole, um, message or whatever you want to call it is like you know do it yourself do what I do because I'm an idiot and you can do it too so after having him say that for years into my ears then yeah. uh I, I felt compelled to try it on my own and uh and yeah and at, same with comedy bang bang the first uh Nerdist episode I ever heard was when Weird Al was on it and uh Hardwick's the same way as far as like start your own podcast do your own thing and
0: yeah, yeah. just get out there and do the thing exactly yeah we have uh, uh, since you've listened to my podcast. Thanks, by the way. Um, I know that you've heard Adam. He is actually a big Kevin Smith's fan. So maybe if we don't ramble on too long about other things towards the end, I should ask you how that went. Your whole thing with Kevin Smith. Yeah, absolutely. What 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 we can already gather from your actual podcast episodes about it? Mm-hmm.
1: I'm happy to spread the word of all of my nerdery love. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great. Um, I think the way I got into podcasts, like that was always that word that I kind of heard. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not a tech-savvy young man, so I, I don't want to get into that. But then I came into a roommate's room one time. This was a long time ago. And he was listening to Nerd Poker with Brian Posehn and Friends. And I was like, what's this? He's like, it's a podcast where a bunch of comedians play Dungeons & Dragons. I was like, that sounds pretty amazing. So that was the very first podcast I listened to. And then from there, I was like, you know who I like, Weird Al. Let me see what else he's been on. And just like you, that's why I started listening. To it. it was Scott, Paul F. Tompkins, and Weird Al. And he was doing, Paul F. was doing the whole... Uh,
1: Andrew Lloyd Webber?
0: Yeah, that was the first uh, Comedy Bang Bang I listened to. And I was like, oh, this is a neat show. And the rest is history. So, yeah, you know. totally. So you personally have had, I know on two occasions, if there's another one, I apologize, but I think twice on your podcast, so let's get to the point, You've had Weird Al himself.
1: I have. I I was lucky enough to like land a actual like official interview once, and then through, uh, through the really shitty, crazy fan. Oh, I'm not supposed to curse. Sorry, parents. Uh, through, <laughs> through the uh, crazy. <laughs> fan stalker route that like uh people do these days after shows and whatnot and at signings and stuff it is like uh when his books came out i got like what i called like podcast cameos which is mm-hmm. like uh maybe a minute and a half to two minutes uh with him i think on four other episodes but yeah the main episode i had him on i got about 13 minutes uh just talking yep. to the man himself
0: so the first time you saw him now you you've claimed I know the last time I listened to your show, it was up to nine times you'd seen Al. How many is it now?
1: Oh, wow, I think at this point, it's probably 13 sounds right, maybe 12, and I'm just counting like the 13 times I paid to see him live right. because I saw him do a uh, live commentary of UHF with Emo Phillips oh. last fall.
0: Was that, Did you go to LA for that?
1: No, it was in Washington DC for the Benson ball. I was oh, okay. lucky. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah, Emo Phillips is one of those guys that I also want to have on the show because of his, you know, his parallel kind of career with Al.
1: Yeah, I've always thought about reaching out in that way. I know he checks his social media a lot and really appreciates younger fans yep. uh, discovering him and getting into him and talking about things. I talked to him for a few to him for a few minutes that night as well, and uh, he just seemed over the moon about like anyone lining up to talk to him, even though he knew everyone there was a fan of UHF. So, uh, um, I. I I wouldn't put that outside the realm of possibility as something you could uh, land one day. I, was, I look forward to that.
0: I always have this real kind of like uh, pensiveness about approaching anyone. Like, I feel like Dr. Demento would be a pretty easy get, but I feel like, part of me feels like that's a tier that I'm not to. Like, I don't feel like I've leveled up enough <laughs> to approach him. Even though he's sure. probably super chill and is just ready to do it. I'm just like, mm, I don't deserve this.
1: <laughs> well, you know how like a... Uh, um, like shows like series finales of shows like have to end in this like circular nature mm-hmm. it's like uh if if uh dr demento is like the pilot episode of what weird al came to be and then your podcast was born from that it's like maybe one day when you decide to end the podcast dr Demento's like the final episode
0: let oh, that's hey, that's not bad maybe we should do that um we and I've always thought about that too, ending the podcast. I don't know how that's going to go down, but that's not a bad way to go. I always said I'd end it once we finally got Weird Al.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way to go. I kind of feel like I should have been in mine at that point too. But then I just <laughs> selfishly used it as a calling card to get other people I admire on the show. I, and I don't mean to imply you should end the show. That's just like really <laughs> on my mind because I'm like ending all four of my podcasts right now. So uh, it's it's it's, uh, inescapable as far as what I'm
0: thinking of in regard to future podcasts. Okay. So you're ending Welcome to Paradise because you've made your way through the Green Day catalog, correct?
1: Yeah. We've only got a few more episodes to go until Green Day releases another album. Um, we're going to do like, like we've done all their albums and then we're going to do a live episode of their recent tour and then, uh, a, uh, um, odds and ends episode, like stuff that they didn't release. And, I think Billy just started in a few movies but other than that I don't know what else we have to touch on until another album comes out
0: I am for me that was always kind of why I never did a episode about mandatory fun I felt like that was truly admitting that I had you know expended all the resources of what Al has done but then the the more you dig he's been not just doing music these past 30 years he's been doing everything right so there's there's a a world of material out there but I do think I finally need to get to Mandatory fun. What's the names of the other podcasts besides, uh, so let's get to the point.
1: Um, so, there's, so let's get to the point. Welcome to Paradise. I did a podcast called Project Batman, which is over. The concept of that show is uh, in the pilot episode, my friend Vincent pitched me an idea for a fan film he wanted to make uh in between like set between the in the universe of batman the animated series uh between that and batman beyond and as somebody who like you know took classes on uh screenwriting and was very interested in that type of thing i uh it was me and our friend sean who who's an animator and and vincent Uh, literally writing the movie on the podcast. You get to through episodes one and 50, like one is him pitching the idea to me. And then episode 50 is the table read, So you can hear a script being written and uh then after like a year or so of trying to move past that into like uh creating animatics and stuff like that we realized that uh it's literally impossible to make a full-length animated film or even an animatic with just one capable animator so we ended the show just happy to have learned uh uh, how to write a script together and, and all that. So that was a fun show. And then I also did um Smoke Gets in Your Ears, a Mad Men podcast where um, ah. we just talked about every episode of Madman or Madman. Mad Men from uh beginning.
0: My favorite superhero, Madman. <laughs>
1: yes. John Hamm. <laughs> I hope he gets to play Madman on screen one day.
0: <laughs> he has the superhero like kind of chin and stuff too. So he that's it's a match made in heaven.
1: Totally, totally. But in a way, isn't Don Draper a superhero I mean, he has an alter ego. I don't know if you watch the show. Anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I watched the first season and then kind of fell off. Okay, yeah. I know, I'm a bad boy. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Why why are you ending... uh, So let's get to the point then, if that's the one that still has, you know that doesn't have a an ending time like there's no final episode or or final album why end that one? Um,
1: well I'm gonna go into this on like the final episode which is coming out next week but it's basically a lot um,
0: no spoilers though Yeah
1: I mean I don't mind telling you like the okay. gist of it but it's basically just I've sort of I started a podcast to get better at speaking in general. Like I was sort of an awkward uh, person who didn't know how to form sentences that like ran together into paragraphs in a way that people understood. And uh, now I'm like, because I did that, it got me into doing stand up and I'm way more interested in that now. And I don't want to be the person that needs to put out everything uh, publicly anymore. Like I don't need to tweet or podcast about every single thing that happens in my life, which is essentially what that podcast was about, like whatever I wanted to talk about, whoever I wanted to talk to about whatever. And uh, I just feel like if I end my podcast that I'm using creative energy on, I have much more time to focus on stand up, which is something that I believe I could actually like earn a living doing one day as opposed to uh, podcasting, which I've tried to and thought as a, a dream could happen one day. but. As as I <laughs> keep going with it, it just it it's been more of a hobby that I yeah. thoroughly enjoy. But I don't want to be the guy that works uh, crappy jobs the rest of my life to podcast. I'd rather chase something that uh, I could see panning out in a more realistic sense. So it's it's not the most fun and exciting reason, but um, right, yeah, th- that's basically <laughs> it.
0: Uh, yep. Okay. Um. So the first time you met Weird Al, like for a for a. Face-to-face kind of conversation, albeit short. Let's uh, let's go through how that went down.
1: Okay, that was at Ramshead Live, which is in Baltimore mm-hmm. in 2007 during the Straight Outta Linwood tour. Um, I think okay. this was like maybe the uh, fifth time I'd seen him live, and mm-hmm. I just did not know that all the fan, like this thing that every fan knows now, which is like, hey, if you wait outside around the back of the venue there's a good chance you can talk to al so um i i had just made my way through the weird al show at that point so i kind of just nerded out over that but i was like really nervous and and kind of came across like an idiot in my memory but like just having run into him time and time again since then i uh i i think i've gotten more comfortable and feel like i can just talk to the guy Mm -hmm. like uh i i It blew my mind, I never expected it, even though like i I'd run into him a few times when i when I saw him in uh i guess this was uh Norfolk on the mandatory tour, the second leg of it he like he recognized me he straight up was like' oh you you interviewed me once, and I was like, like wow. it, it floored me like I could not believe it i maybe it's like a a uh a geographical thing like he knows he'll see certain people in certain areas of the country. Oh. Um, that's how I rationalize it because I'm like, there's no way I've made enough of an impression, but, but, uh, yeah, it really meant the world to me that like, uh, uh, he recalled that I had spoken to him before and, and, and that stuff. So it's
0: crazy that he remembered you. I thought I'd read or heard or something about you saying that, that that happened. And I just think it's nuts that he remembers your face. Not that you're someone who shouldn't be remembered, but I've, I've, cause I've heard similar things, um, I, I was reading a really old interview with uh, that Patton Oswalt had done, and he brought up the fact that when he was just getting started, uh, he was he actually had a very very tiny appearance on the Weird Al show, his television show, and That's right, um, yeah. yeah, he it, I think he had one maybe two lines, and that was it. Like he wasn't it wasn't a guest thing or nothing. He was nobody at the time, according to him, and uh, he said years later. He was going down. He was walking down the road. I think maybe with his wife or something. I can't remember. And he passed by him. He's like, "Hey, you're you're Patton Oswalt. You're you, how, how's that whole career going and stuff?" And he's like, "How in the world do you remember me?" <laughs> yeah, that's
1: that is the the mind. I think that's so surprising to us because that is the mind of a rock star who has not done drugs. <laughs> ah, <laughs> you that's know, right. he's talked about that before. He doesn't drink or do drugs. Yeah. And maybe that's the only reason people are so. Uh, surprised when famous people uh, recognize them because every single famous person usually has to go down a deep dark hole of filling some hole in their soul that fame can't
0: uh, give them. <laughs> so, so it's not so much like, oh, he doesn't remember me because he's untouchable. Talking about like your, your other kind of rock stars. No, he just doesn't remember you. <laughs> it's not that he's yeah, in a station exactly. higher than you, whether he is or not. It's just like... He literally does not remember you.
1: I mean, I'm a, I'm a self-deprecating, uh, comedian. So anything I can do to rationalize that I am not worthy about remembering me, that's that, that'll work for me. That's hilarious. And by the way, I just want to say that like, uh, each of these times I've run into him, if I make any other uh, things that cl- sound outrageous, if I claim anything, that's like, there's no way he remembers you. I always like approached him with the microphone on. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, in these podcast cameos, you can hear the things that uh, I'll actually claim. So there's proof of it out there. And so let's get to the point: episodes that uh, right. stuff like that. Like for instance, the the I'm sure you've heard him talk about the upcoming tour he's going to do next year, where he's not going to do costume changes and he's. Uh, I'm gonna do more originals and stuff.
0: Yeah, it's a lot more stripped down. No, a, a lot of the video video elements and costume, and yeah, like you said.
1: Yeah, I um like I said, I've gotten more comfortable talking to him. And the last time I talked to him at that UHF thing, mm-hmm. uh, I I was after asking him another question or two. I was like, and by the way, when I interviewed you a few years ago, I don't remember. I don't know if you recalled recall that I said, yeah. by the way, there's enough AL fans out here that uh, we would love a show of all originals, that you don't need to do all the hullabaloo. Like, we just wanna see you play, and, and we really value what you do. And he actually says, you can hear it on the podcast, and go, oh wow, I actually think that's right around the time I started thinking about doing that. Which yeah. blew my mind like him implying that like I think I might have like planted a seed of an idea in his yep. brain which like is the most humbling thing and worth all of the hours I've put into <laughs> podcasting over the years
0: <laughs> it was all you you did
1: this <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to claim that but like maybe somewhere in there I, I feel like he's he's a very he's a very honest guy like people have in interviews and in larger interviews implied things that they wanted to hear I'll say and he'll mm-hmm. make a joke or completely deny things instead of just being nice and and patronizing and i i so i feel like there's this hint of honesty to when he doesn't joke around right. and stuff
0: maybe enough people yourself included had said that and it finally just he's like yeah you know what that's not a bad idea plus like i say all the time he's getting older like it, it it's gonna be a lot less stressful just to yeah, do I, this
1: i like to think that it's something he's wanted to do for a long time and before he gets too old and has to like dip out and can't really like rock out on stage like a rock star anymore like i I hope he's just like finally going like, you know what, I'm going to not make as much money this tour by doing smaller venues, but I'm going to do the thing that I actually want to do. And I think the way that that falls in line with him uh, uh, running out his record contract where, you know, all of his albums, they're all great. We all love them, but they're very, um, there's a, there's a, Certain layout to every single album, you know, like first track lead single parody second track the rockin more Al original like, you know Polka's track like five six or seven the long songs at the very end. it's like he was determined to make the same amount of money or uh, maintain the same status for a long time and I'm hoping he's just entering that uh, stage at the dawn of the twilight of his career uh, where he's just like, you know what? I don't care as much anymore, and I just want to do things for me. And I think, uh, as uh, more hardcore Al fans like you and I, that's something that we have been like sort of like like needing for a long time is just like seeing the guy uh, who doesn't need to be something for someone else.
0: Right. I- I'm definitely looking forward to that kind of tour too. The I remember the first time I saw him live. The only song he played that wasn't either a parody. Or like just super super popular for an original, like your uh, uh, like Dare to Be Stupid, that kind of caliber song. The only sort of deep cut he played was You Make Me. And I, I d- of course, I enjoyed the show. I loved every minute of it. But uh, later on, after kind of the uh, fascination wore off, and I was really thinking about you know taking all in what had happened, I was like, you know, he only kind of plays like those songs. But as I've told as me and garrett have discussed many times on the show he at the end of the day he's still a smart businessman he knows what's going to make him money that's why he continues to do parodies even though like you said super fans like yourself and us uh it's the originals that we clamor for more didn't haven't you said the same
1: absolutely i mean i just out of like binging your show and getting real nerdy about it while i was listening i made a playlist of ranking all the uh all of my favorite Al tunes on, on iTunes. And um, I think the very first parody is like number 37, like it's all originals before that. Um, So that's definitely what I'm more in for. I remember when I saw him, uh, he did a midnight set at Bonnaroo in 2013 on that same tour uh, that you're talking about. And like Bonnaroo is more of like a environment where a lot of people like you'll know the artists you're seeing, but you might only know the hits and and maybe there'll only be one or two artists that, you know, every specific song for like Al was the reason I was there, but you know, like I saw Paul McCartney that year, but I only knew the Beatles songs and whatnot, but there were a lot of people that went to the Al set, and uh, they, they knew the parodies and they were happy to hear those, but it's the only time I've seen Al where, there weren't seats involved and people were like on their feet rocking out. And when he went into You Make Me, that was like, it was a moment where like I looked around and I was like, wow, people are freaking rocking out to these Al originals in a way that like, they don't even know these songs. They're just happy to hear some original music and they like seem surprised by it. And I remember him saying, again, I don't mean to pimp my stuff so much, but like I asked him directly like about like the best shows he ever did and he was like, Bonner was by far the best show I've ever seen. So, like, or I've ever played because everybody was like on their feet having so much fun. And I think, like, that also could play into like him wanting more of that. Is like when I felt the mood change in that tent that night when he started going into, uh, original, like, a deeper cuts that people might have not heard that, that it was palpable, right? Uh, what had happened. Yeah.
0: Um, friend of the show and lead singer of nuclear bubble rap, Jace McLean has said on this show that he found it really interesting that, because he was at that same Bonnaroo, he found it interesting that so many people went for that kind of thing because if you think about it, people at a Weird Al show sing along with the, at a a regular Weird Al concert sing along with the songs because they paid to be there. But most of these people probably didn't pay for Weird Al. I'm sure there was a good number of people there that that was their e-ticket attraction was Weird Al like they like here's all the bands I want to see Weird Al's at the top of that list but most of them were probably there for more of the headliners and stuff like that but so he said it was kind of interesting to see all these people uh get so into it to the point that like you said Weird Al said it was one of his best crowds ever it's just so amazing that he has such a a unifying sort of presence and, and and career that he was able to pull that off it's really amazing actually yeah, I
1: feel like he lucked out getting a midnight set because if he'd played at, like, 8 p.m., all of those people <laughs> would have been seeing some other band that they were there for. And, right. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. I also, he, he also did a... He, he appeared just for, like, a second at the live comedy Bang Bang there that year. He just walked out. Like, I think he interrupted <laughs> the show. Like, Scott, like, didn't expect it at all. And I'll Al just, like popped out and played a few lines on his accordion and ran off. And (laughs) it really seemed to throw Scott off. It was pretty funny.
0: That's awesome. I like that a lot. Um, So the first time you actually interviewed him and that you were able to record it and stuff like that, where was that at? Um, I I know you discussed it in your episode. but
1: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember because... Wasn't it at
0: a book signing?
1: Yeah, that sounds right. I think it was when his first or, or second children's book came out. I'm not exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's when I asked him about the Bonnaroo
0: for my and, new teacher and me.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because that was 2013, and when I actually, uh, when I had, the scheduled interview with him was 2014 on actually the day that mandatory fund came out. So, um. So yeah, I had, I he was he was very nice about the fact that i was recording like i was just uh, I walked up and i was like hi alan big fan by the way i'm recording this and he was like okay like just shrugged like it wasn't a big deal or whatever and so like that's why i didn't feel the need to like specify any other <laughs> time i like like sort of ambushed him with that stuff afterwards
0: i like i appreciate that you included from the moment you cut your recording on to the moment you actually hit the, or it seemed like the moment that you turned it off so that you get kind of this you could tell you're putting your phone back in your pocket sound but you can still hear you saying thank you so much and him like, oh, no problem. So it's yeah. like, oh, it really was real. It wasn't just for the, the recording.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and mean, I I want people to hear how genuinely nice and great a dude he is. Like, it's definitely not a, a show when he knows he's, like, going to be broadcast elsewhere to the world. Um, he's just a great guy like that.
0: Yeah. So that led into... Um, it seemed like there was some sort, of, um, some sort of finagling on your end to get that second interview, the one where you actually got to you know you weren't intruding on his signing or anything like that like you were he was able to sit down and you were able to like kind of talk for a good chunk of time how t- run us through how that came about how you were actually able to get him on your show proper
1: okay so when i first started the podcast which was in late 2012 i had no real like i did not have a grasp on the reality of how hard it is to get people on your show mm-hmm. and i feel like i was just like like it was just at the very end stages of people thinking that uh podcasts were some sort of like legitimate thing if they weren't like a paid uh company that was creating them like earwolf or something uh so i i paid for a subscription to a thing called contact any celebrity at that time. And I was able to find uh, Jay Levy, his manager's email address. And so this is like, I feel like right at the cusp before everybody was asking everybody to do every podcast in the world. Right. And J- Jay seemed to take it like rather seriously. And so he hooked me up with uh, Al's assistant who like, was like maybe at another time when we've got something to promote. And uh, I, it was a long shot waiting two years after that to um get him when mandatory fund was coming out but um his assistant answered again she remembered me contacting her the first time and uh she sent me an advanced copy of the album to listen to and to be able to ask him about um, because the recording date was the release day of the album and she wanted me to be like like know what was like to know it well and so um i feel like i really lucked out like when i when I when I reflect on it, like at the moment I was just like stoked about it, but like being removed from the situation now, I'm just like, I cannot imagine the amount of crazy stuff he had to do that day. I know he was like on Good Morning America that morning, and then oh, yeah. he was on some other huge show late that night, like maybe like Colbert or something. I don't know if Colbert had taken over the Late Show by then, but or Fallon or something. But uh, I just I think it's hilarious. <laughs> In the middle of his day, he like uh, was handed uh phone by his assistant in between a meeting with these huge celebrities with these huge outlets uh to do a podcast call uh for 10 minutes (laughs) it was supposed to be 10 minutes but i ran it to 13 uh with with just some fan in virginia and i like i didn't the, the reality of that didn't sink in at the time but i'm so like Extremely grateful that he didn't like cancel it in the middle of all that mayhem because, like, right, he, he's since gone on to say that that was like that week was like the best of his life professionally because it got him the number one album and everything, <laughs> and I was like. Wow, I really, I genuinely got to be a part of the promotion whether or not I had an impact of anyone buying the album or not. Like, it was, <laughs> it was, it's really incredible and, and worth all of it.
0: Yeah, he was like, I had a really great week. Got number one album, made all these TV appearances, and a guy in Virginia gave me an idea for upcoming uh, live shows. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> well, actually, now that I think about it, he owes me a lot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate this aspect of your... Um, of your questioning um, because this is something you've probably heard me say this. I know the listeners of the show have, this is something that bothers me every time I watch a a television appearance, whether it be late night or one of those morning days or midday talk shows, stuff like that. They always seem to ask the same questions over and over, which to to give these hosts and people their credit, um, their, their show is for not hardcore weird Al fans, but it's always bothered me as a hardcore weird Al fan that they don't ask a question that I want to know the answer to. So I like, even you said, I'm going to ask him questions that uh, I want to know the answer to that isn't the same question he's been asked a million times. Like, where do you get your inspiration from? Like, something original.
1: Yeah, do you actually asked permission for your parodies. Does anyone ever say no? Like, yeah.
0: Right. I, Everybody wants that scoop. Yeah. Like, who said no? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I like how he just gave in after 20 years. of Like, Prince, okay? It was Prince.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I, it was funny. Like, I had... Because I knew it was coming out for like a month or so, and I I had a whole list of questions. And in that interim, that month or so, uh, he guested on Pete Holmes' podcast, You Made It Weird, and Jonah Ray's podcast, Jonah Radio. And Mm -hmm. while I was so excited about those, like I knew both of those guys are huge Al fans and that it would be a great interview, literally they asked like, Almost every question that I would ever want to ask Al. And so, like, I was scrambling oh, after those came out to like filter out anything that was remotely like related to stuff that they had asked him. So I could get like new questions mm-hmm. for him and stuff.
0: Did you say up front to, I guess, his assistant or to someone, um, yes, only 10 minutes? Or did, was that their stipulation? Or was that you?
1: I, I had said in the email, I was like, um, I usually go for like an hour, but for Al, I would be really excited just to get like 10 to 20 minutes. Um, I, I think I made a joke about how 27 would be ideal. And uh, <laughs> and she said, um, he's got a very busy day that day, but we can work in 10 minutes. Nice.
0: I am, um, yeah. my original premise for my future, and let me, let me tell you this, there's part of a reason why I'm asking so many questions about how you managed to accomplish this. And that's partially because, of course, I eventually want to interview Weird Al myself. Um, So let me ask you just a few questions that I have, mostly pointers and stuff. Um, I thought that 27 questions would be, not not so much 27 minutes, but 27 questions, which would be a lot longer, um, that that would be a good chunk of, you know, stuff. But throwing it off as like, oh, hey, I'm sitting here with Weird Al. Uh, Weird Al just had some questions for you. Looking at my notes, I think it's like 26, 27 questions. Like just throwing it as an aside, like that subtle in-joke for listeners. Yes. Yeah. Like never specifically saying, I have twenty-seven questions for Weird Al.
1: <laughs> right. I feel like uh, I feel like if he had, if it weren't being scheduled by somebody else, and like he, he had the insight beforehand, and oh, yeah. hopefully he knows about this podcast by now. I'm sure he's been tagged by your listeners in relation to this. Like, and I know he he said he reads his Twitter feed, even though if he doesn't respond to anyone, because if he responds to one person, he has to respond to all of them. Mm-hmm. I hope he's well aware enough of it that like maybe if you. Had been going long enough, and like had the chance to ask him about it. That if you in particular were like, uh, we'd really love to do an interview of twenty-seven questions for uh, me talking weird out of you. Right. I I, I, if, I feel like he would say yes to that. Like I, I feel like this upcoming tour, like maybe like if you can just like get the get find him back, like after the show backstage and be able to ask him that. Like not right now, but like I'd really love to nail down an interview and ask you twenty-seven right. questions for. Uh, our podcast that hopefully you've heard of by now uh then uh i i I can't see him really saying no to that because he seems extremely humbled by the idea that uh now for like the last three or four generations he's like amassed this huge audience of fans uh and and you you guys like and this is where I'm going to compliment you uh, on on your podcast. And I told you I wasn't going to tell you until we were recording. Oh, but uh, here
0: we go. <laughs> yeah, I uh,
1: I feel like you in in doing this idea really uh, got a sweet spot for that. Like you're going to have, I think ultimately, and it's it's kind of a good thing that it's going to take three years of buildup or more to lead up to this because like. It's, that'll make for a good series finale or a big moment near the end of a show or whatever uh, of, to finally get him on the show. But I, I think in, in having him know about it for so long between you tagging him on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, I think you're lined up to one day Dakota have the ultimate like super fan experience of interviewing weird Al, because (laughs) it's going to mean so much more to you than to uh, a Stephen Colbert. And like, so I started my podcast. So let's get to the point before um, you talking you two to me started, I know you've talked about that on the show many times about how that's obviously like the inspiration for, um, for this show. And, um, I guess for those who don't know what I'm talking about. It's Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott's podcast about you two, and they go through every album, mm-hmm. like you did with Weird Al's, and like I do with. Uh, I should I should name check Patrick Miller. He's the comedian I do Welcome to Paradise with, and he's basically the punk rock and rock and roll historian <laughs> uh, com- comedian that is way funnier than me. And he really like I get way too sincere. I know I'm saying i can be <laughs> a comedian, and I sound really sincere when I'm nerding out about things. But like he he brings the show back down to earth by allowing some humor to slip in there but um he brought up uh the idea of doing walk to paradise with me and i i jumped on it immediately because i had the idea as soon as i heard and i i've heard you say this on this show many times that you've had an idea for something and then it'll just pop up in the real world
0: oh my god it's a curse
1: i had the idea of parodying you talking you two to me i just had nobody to do it with (laughs) And the only artist in the world I have more to say things about than Green Day is Weird Al. And then I looked it up. And you, Dakota Rimmer, are the person who stole my idea and and and, and an admission and a guilty, honest admission. That's why I, I resentfully had not heard your show until... Last week.
0: (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh. I was so
1: bummed that somebody (laughs) had taken the idea that I ultimately wanted. But you guys, you, you nailed the mood of the show. It's just while still being uh, as super fanny as all the super fans that would listen to this would like. So I I just, as much as I was annoyed or angry at the time that you got to do something that I couldn't be a part (laughs) of, I, I, in listening to it, I was like, it's a, It it was meant to be this way because this is the show that me talking Weird out to you always should have been (laughs) Um, And I really appreciate uh, that this podcast existence and that's why it's like really meaningful to after such a build-up to Be on it at this
0: point. Well, see the the thing is first of all Thank you so much for everything you just said and we're actually you seem to be (laughs) full of good ideas We're about to launch season four in September. I finally figured out my my launch date, even though I've been telling everybody summertime, um, in September, we'll start season four where we start anew with our album reviews, uh, since we didn't really get to go into it proper in the first season because of Adam, uh, no, no shame on him. Um, if you have any ideas for segments or things we should approach, definitely tell me because it feels like you have a lot of ideas that actually stick and come to fruition. However, um, you said something interesting, which is that, uh, you couldn't, um, find anybody to do the show with you. But the reason why I picked Adam is just because, A, he knew to, like, he could hold a conversation. He knew a lot about music other than Weird Al, and he was just a fan of podcasts, so he knew knew what was expected of him. I was like, I'm not going to let my lack of Weird Al fan friends get in my way. Yeah, and that's so. why,
1: like, Good on you for I think you were saying this maybe on your last episode of the one before like Al had the gumption to like Work really hard on something as soon as he had an idea That's why he was able to get the parodies out like as soon as they were relevant and necessary in the last few years Like I'm glad that you you took that leap regardless of him not having the same level of fandom that you did Because now here you are with a podcast with listeners who really appreciate uh you having put this much time into it so right. uh it's awesome
0: well, i appreciate that um by the way garrett was a byproduct I, This i'm a, this is gonna kind of belittle him he is a byproduct of the podcast but it just so happens that although he was a fan his wife and my wife worked together for a short time and so my wife yeah yeah and so <laughs> he he so it was a it was a proximity thing like i would love to start this show with you know people anywhere but I I cannot stand the disconnect of being over the phone that much like I don't know what my hang-up is with it hey that's a pun but um just the (laughs) fact that we can sometimes meet and do the show together even though it's become mostly an over the phone show that some people can't tell that which is good to me um I like having him one county over so that we can do meetups and he's, he's a tangible face and voice that I can grasp onto and and a fan of weird out and the show so it just yeah, worked out that way
1: absolutely i'm i'm sort of like very nervous about recording the next episode of welcome to paradise because i everything we've recorded i recorded in virginia and i just like last month moved from virginia to austin texas so now oh what yeah so now patrick and i are gonna have to finish out the show uh recording over to the phone which
0: oh man yeah we well at least like at least, like I said, you know him well enough, so that you don't have to rebuild that rapport. Like you still know this person personally and have stood in their presence many times. So it's no, it's not the sort of kind of like the thing you and I are having right now. We had to wade into this water a little bit before we got comfortable, even though it feels like it didn't take that long. But still, you know Patrick, so that's good. Yeah,
1: like I'm, I'm, I think our listener, anyone listening to us right now, can tell that it took however long this <laughs> has been, forty minutes, uh, to <laughs> to get to the point of comfortability <laughs> that we were not out of minute 5.
0: Mm, so let's get to the point. <laughs>
1: Ooh. Ooh. yeah.
0: <laughs> uh is your move thing a personal thing or why why move from Virginia to Texas? It's such a long way.
1: Um because there was there was a, a lot of things. I Okay. I went through a divorce. Um
0: Oh but, man, I'm sorry. But
1: on top on top of that before then which sort of like like led into that was that like I want to do comedy full time and austin texas is a comedy city where There's i can a scene there yeah i can do it two or three times every night of the week whereas like in virginia uh even with driving like three and a half four hours away to dc or richmond or virginia beach i still can only do comedy like three or four times a week one night like uh, for each of those so like yeah
0: now you can do your part to help keep austin weird That's- no,
1: <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. I, just as Garrett, I couldn't believe Garrett had not made the self-service pumps connection as a masturbation joke. <laughs> I cannot believe I did not make that connection as myself being moving to Austin.
0: Uh, there you go. Um, I I like that you admitted that there was a bit of uh, contempt in your heart for me starting this show before you because I I this now that you've said that I can say this without feeling too bad. Uh, literally. After, I I think, uh, I don't, what I do sometimes is go into iTunes and look for podcasts. I'm sorry, I go into Apple Podcasts (laughs) and look for shows that Weird Al has guested on because sometimes he just doesn't promote them. Uh, And so I was like, where does he, like, has he done anything with anybody recently? Or is there an old one I missed that he just happened to be on? And um, I, I don't remember if that's how I found yours or I don't remember, but somehow I found out about yours and literally to myself, I went... Man, how come this chump? Yeah, can get <laughs> get Weird Al and not me. <laughs> that that was that was my ego saving grace, and my
1: resentment towards you. Uh, like, uh, that's how I knew though. Like, like you know, he retweeted Pete Holmes saying Weird Al's on. You made it weird.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you made it Weird Al. Um, there you go. But. But but as soon as like I did have that lingering question like man is Al gonna retweet this when I tweet it out and you know that first week of mandatory fun being out even like two weeks later I was still tweeting about it not one retweet so that's what makes oh. me feel like he knew he was doing a nobody's show oh but no that doesn't but that almost makes me more grateful yeah. that it happened so whatever that's a shame
0: that was gonna I was about to ask that did he retweet it oh well
1: oh well yeah you
0: win some you lose some
1: <laughs> yeah but, but I think just like you searching Apple uh, music podcast uh, for his name that's still to this day probably um, one of my most downloaded episodes so it it, it doesn't I'm sure I would have gotten more listeners through that, but anyone who's on super fan level looking for uh, quality weird out content, I, I think they've probably found it by now.
0: Yeah. And f- of course, after this, we can help support each other. I can reach out to my fans who come to your, come your way, whether you're ending your show or not. And then vice versa. Absolutely. I mean, so yeah, I'm definitely, whether he's got our back or not, we got each other's back.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm going to plug the crap out of this show Sweet. on my final. So let's get to the point. So,
0: and I'll tell all my Austin fans to go check you out. You look for your name on the marquee. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, people should check out your, con- I know we're not to the plugs part of the show, but people should check out, you've put a, a good chunk of your stand-up on your YouTube channel. Yeah. Is your YouTube channel just Ken Edwards? Or is there a name?
1: Um, I, oh, I should probably know this, shouldn't I?
0: I know, I do that all the time. Uh,
1: let me check real quick. It, yeah, it's, sure. um the Ken Edwards. Um, there you go. That's my Twitter.
0: I I spell Ken Ed, Ken Edwards was taken.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I spelled spell Ken with two <laughs> N's. So it's um. Man, what is this? Hold on. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm giving you something that you're inevitably going to edit out.
0: Nope, I'm gonna talk all the way through. Okay, it so I, do I, it. I can avoid avoid this bird <laughs> uh, So your name your name is not actually two Ns because that's how it is on like you said it is on, on Twitter and that's how I have you in. That's how it is on Facebook too.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's uh Kenneth is my full name, but
0: uh, oh, I was gonna guess Kennedy. Uh, when I when I, <laughs> I don't know why.
1: When I when I uh, was young, I hated people calling me Ken because when it's spelled out, it was just K E N, and I don't know why. But like, <laughs> uh, one of my exes always spelled it with two Ns, and I was like, hey, for some reason I like that, and I'm fine going by Ken now.
0: <laughs> so, silent uh, N.
1: <laughs> so so my YouTube channel is is there's no the, but there is my middle initial. So it's Ken with two Ns. And then M as in Michael Edwards. And you can find uh, a bunch of videos on there. There's a few Welcome to Paradise episodes. There's uh, actually the latest video I've uploaded is my final show with my uh, punk rock band I was in with Patrick before I left uh, Virginia. And uh, in that, uh, we do a very drunken cover of Albuquerque oh.
0: um,
1: that I. That I think so so enjoy that people give it a thumbs down for how messed up we all are
0: you know what I think I started watching that but I was lying in bed next to my sleeping wife and I was like "Ooh, this is not the best thing for right now <laughs> so right. I should revisit it <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to um, I want to play I, I've rejiggered sort of my whole um, you don't know how leaderboards game like uh, there was that time when I wanted wanted to play it with every guest that was on the show, but um, it didn't really work because it involved rolling a lot of dice because I really wanted to people to think that I was into tabletop gaming. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've eliminated the dice segments or dice parts of it and kind of redone the point. So I want to play that with you and test your Weird owl Al knowledge. All right. Is all right? Excited. Okay. I'm so so f- first, I'm going to do a cut here, and instead, I'm going to throw in uh, a segment. I'm going to let Garrett do it, and we're going to do what I think is becoming a good segment on the show, whether the fans like it or not, uh, the Weird Al video of the week. Ooh, I like this one, yeah. yeah that's good. Um, so, that's going to take off right now.
2: It's time for the weird of the week. Dakota, this is Garrett coming at you with the Weird Al video of the week. I think I've got one for you that uh, people may not be aware of, but it um, doesn't matter. This is one I found interesting for me. I discovered this one. Um, so I don't know if anybody out there is, a, is uh, aware of who Sway is in the R&B and uh, rap artist interviewing industry. But um, uh, there was actually one time back in 2015 when Weird Al was the guest editor for Mad, uh, Mad Magazine. They actually got uh, Weird Al to go on the Sway in the Morning radio show to interview, and they talked. They did a little bit of discussion talking about co-writing "Eat it with Michael Jackson. Uh, they also talk about him getting on Mad Magazine and doing the um, uh, doing the guest editing. And they also they just it's um, to me this is <laughs> this is a really uh, interesting interview because. Uh, this is not like the conventional interview you would typically uh, do with Weird Al, because this is um, more of an R and B like rap interview type station. But they pulled him on here to talk about co-writing, with, uh, doing like parodies of like um, "Ride and Dirty," um, "Gangsters Paradise," and "Eat" uh, and "Beat It," and then they also get him to review some amateur parodies. And it's just it's it's it, what, what's really funny about it is it just. He seems so, like, out of his element in the whole video, but he handles himself, or he handles the, the whole situation so well. So I, I recommend people go out there and check this out. You'll, you can find it at um, on Sway's Universe, uh, the channel. Uh, but if you just type in, like, Weird Al Yankovic interview with Sway, S-W-A-Y, um, it's uh, sway in the morning radio show. You can check this out. Um, hope you all like it. It it entertained me quite a bit just to see Weird Al kind of thrown into a uh, a weird interview that you don't typically get. So I uh, hope you all are, are enjoying this episode without me. I will be back on soon. See y'all.
0: And we're back. Thanks, Garrett. Okay, so let me see if I can remember the title of this stupid game I haven't played in over a year. The you don't know Al. Man, what is it called? I don't remember. I gotta come up with a better name for it. Anyway, here comes some Weird Al trivia, and I'm gonna test Ken Edwards on it. This is your very first time on the
1: show, and of course, that means it's time for the traditional
0: Weird Weird Al Trivia Day!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, let's get on with the questions. This is all I've ever wanted out of life. This is great.
0: <laughs> Please, somebody test my useless knowledge. Everything I've yes. ever done is leading up to this. Um, so now I have four questions, and each of the questions, are ba- the point value is based on what question they are. So the first one's one point, the second one's two points, etc. cetera. Um, so your total point amount is 10 points. Because in this line of business, I approach a lot of hardcore Weird Al fans, I have a bonus question that's worth literally one point just one little measly point in case you're gonna sweep it like several people have done and answer every question correctly the only chance you get at that bonus question is if you answer the other four correctly all right make sense yep okay so gonna start easy it's gonna get more difficult and then afterwards we can talk about kevin smith <laughs> <laughs> all right um number one here we go <clears throat> what is weird al's third studio album dare to be stupid there you go that was that was not
1: the sign off podcast listeners keep listening uh
0: that one i I think i've heard you say this too but we've admitted on the show that uh in our younger days it was kind of tricky keeping dare to be stupid and in 3d separate because in 3d literally should have been the third album's name yeah right (laughs) like that's that's kind of weird like i guess hollywood has done this to us
1: (laughs) i also think it's interesting that in the in the years since it came out, like before they always referred to the, the full title of his second album was weird out Yankovic in 3d. And since then the fans have just dropped it to in 3d. which yeah.
0: well, is just easier to say. Yeah. <laughs> Americans are lazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- number two is worth two points. You have one point so far. There are three types of songs on Al's albums. What are those three types of songs?
1: I mean, I can give you the layout if you want, the formula for these hit albums, but <laughs> I'll stick with parodies, originals, and polka medleys, except for there are no polka medleys on the self-titled or even worse.
0: I almost made that the four-point question. How how many albums, and what are the albums that don't have polka medleys? Yeah, it's- I think you could say one of them, You think you could say that... Um, bohemian polka too because it's a polka but it's not a polka metal Ooh,
1: that's a that is. i love that trick question twist that is great yeah. uh i i also thought it was very interesting that for years the thing he would do at open mics was the um polka medley that he, he called um every song ever written and he would just go for like yeah. uh, 45 minutes doing polka medleys and i thought that was so nuts that he that wasn't on his first album since that was the thing that he had most experience. he waited until in 3d to do that but anyway
0: Man, what about a full length album where he does that though
1: I, I, I'm ready cool. for it. If you look, if you look up on YouTube, you can find. Uh,
0: I think people... somebody mashed them all together. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've talked about it. It is cool, and don't think that I haven't watched it at least twice. <laughs> it's so fun.
1: Yeah, that's some road trip stuff right there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, maybe for you, not for my wife. <laughs> all right, my wife. Question number three: How many Grammys has Weird Al won? Oh man. Hmm going to guess... You can talk this out amongst yourself if you need to.
1: Okay, I know he has at least two for music videos, which I think are Eat It and Fat. I know he won the Grammy for Poodle Hat, even though it didn't sell a whole lot. Uh, that was its redeeming quality in the artistry realm. And I can't name any other ones, but just to be safe, I'm going to guess he, he had another one. So I'm going to go four.
0: His Grammy's in order. In 1984, Best Comedy Recording for Eat Okay In 1988, Best Concept Music Video for Fat
1: Close, okay In
0: 2003, Best Comedy Album for Poodle Hat Oh man And in 2014, Best Comedy Album for Mandatory Fun
2: Oh, of <laughs> course
0: four. you
1: got the Mandatory Fun <laughs> one Alright, cool Oh, awesome, I feel great That's awesome.
0: I know, it was it was getting really close there I was like, Whoa. good thing you talked it out I think that helped you a lot <laughs> Yeah all right, so you have six points if I'm good at math. I was doing tally marks, and I got confused, and so I'm just going to write the number. Okay, um, not my strongest, dude. Question number four. Now remember, if you get this question right, you go on to the bonus question. You have you gain access to this magical portal of bonusness that's really difficult, I think. <laughs> these might not be difficult at all. If they're not, if you don't think, so far, has it kind of teared up a little? It seems like you struggled on the last one, so... Absolutely. Cool. 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 Yeah. 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 It's hard. The hardest ones to make are the level one questions because it's like, what does nobody? What does everyone know about Weird Al? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question number four. What is the name of Weird Al's pet poodle?
1: Bella. She has a cameo on Genius in France. F.
0: <laughs> Dang it to heck! Yep. You just hear a little ruff. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's it. You did it. You got all ten right. That means you have ten points and. This angelic music coming out of my mouth means that you have access to the bonus round.
1: I'm so excited. I got to say, I freaked out for a second before you finished the question because I thought you were going to ask me what his daughter's name was, and and (laughs) it's hilarious to me that I know his dog's name and not his daughter's.
0: Do you not know it? Is it Nina? I don't know. It is Nina. Okay. Um, the, re- the A good way to remember that is um, You know the final musical sting At the end of his polkas changes over the years Yeah I think the more recent one Is called Nina's, Pol- Nina's Polka oh. Something like that I think it has her name in it If you look up You know you can look up the track listing Of all the songs in that polka And then the final polka would be like shaving a haircut, two Uh bits, or something like that. I think the more recent ones have been something called like Nina's polka or something like that.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Cool. I don't remember.
0: Yeah, a little fun tidbit for you. Uh, Here we go. Bonus question is worth one point, just to set you apart from the rest of the smart rabble. Oof. In what year was Al handed a book that caused him to change his diet to vegetarianism?
1: Oh, man, I know the window. Um, it was bef- it was between UHF and off the deep end. I'm going to go 1990.
0: Your answer is 1990 with a zero?
1: Uh, I'm going to change it to one based on your question. 1991.
0: No. <laughs> I was just making sure I heard you right. <laughs> uh, 1991. Are you sure? Uh, let's go back to 1990. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I hope I'm not doing this. (laughs) I'm literally just trying to make sure we're ready to move on. Yeah, okay. Let's do 1990. 1990 is your answer. Yeah. Ken, the year that Al was handed a book called Diet for a New America was the year 1992. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really difficult one. Yeah, it is. When I was in in about ninth grade, I printed off on the old weirdal.com. When he had the header at the top that if you scrolled over it with your mouse, it changed to a modern picture of Weird Al from one of his older photos. Mm-hmm. And on the FAQ page, which I just ate up, there's all mm-hmm. these dumb little questions. And I printed it off so that I could read it when I wasn't at the computer lab. Wow,
1: I love your I level know. of, of <laughs> It
0: It's really stupid. My dad worked for a print shop at that time, so I had him bind it for me. So it was like it stuck around.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yep, I called it the unauthorized owl.
1: That's so good. Uh, I I like to think that uh, that is the reason that his food-centric song on Off the Deep End is so crappy.
0: (laughs) Oh, that does make sense. I hadn't thought about that. That's hilarious. Yeah, it does suck. Yeah. All right, so you close with 10 points, but because of timing, you are at the top of the leaderboards. We'll see how long that lasts. Oh man, that's
1: that's real exciting.
0: You think? Well, you have to think. I'm I'm trying to go for guests that are like that bring a little more star power, obviously. So if I did, for example, we talked about Emo Phillips. If I did get him, while he is very important to Al's career, and while he's would he he's a good get, um, I don't think that, and maybe he would, but I don't assume that he would excel at Weird Al trivia. Right. I don't know if I'd be. I don't think I would be like uh, have the fortitude to ask him Weird Al Trivia.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's like at this point, I gotta imagine people like Hardwick or Tom Lennon or or Emo Phillips, like they would know personal questions about Al, but probably yeah. not the career questions that we know.
0: Yeah. Hey, Lin Manuel Miranda, for your third question, what kind of sandwich did Al order last week when y'all went to lunch? <laughs> uh,
1: I, I actually think uh, he will he he would get a good bit of it right. I don't know. Did I've heard you talk some smack on Mark Marin before. I assume you didn't uh, listen to Lin-Manuel's episode of WTF.
0: Oh, no. I've only listened to two episodes of WTF because I just had to. Um, but I didn't know Lin had one. I will listen to that, actually, because I, I like him a lot. Uh, there's an unreleased episode of this show, as of this recording, about um, Al's uh, Hollywood star get news. And we talk about all the awards that we think Al deserves. So there's a lot of Lin-Manuel in that. Uh, but no, I hadn't listened to that.
1: Nice. Well, in it, he, uh, and, and Mark sort of missed the point that he was making, but when Mark's asking him about like how he got the idea or why he felt it was a viable option to relay this historical thing through hip hop, Mm -hmm. uh, he said the number one validating Force behind the idea was Weird Al and the way he did Pokemon Medleys because because it recontextualized the idea that you could take something that everybody knew or was common knowledge and put it in a totally different form and it would be digestible in a whole new way.
0: Wow, that's that's so cool. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. It's just cool. That's all. That's all I can tell you is it's cool. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The only other the the Marons I've listened to, and then I can tell you why the hate or you know the the feigned hatred. Um, is uh, Weird Al, obviously, which that was, I think that was kind of painful because of my level of Weird Al fandom. Uh, he seemed to not know much. And then uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's, but not because I'm a huge fan or anything. Like, I like him, but it's not like I'm a diehard Sasha Baron Cohen fan. I just heard that it was really interesting to hear him talk about all the trouble they got into or didn't get into for the movies he made. Yeah, so totally.
1: I, I, the first time I met Marin, I, uh, I, was like, the one question I had prepared for him was like, will you please have Weird Al on the show? And he was like, "And he was like, yeah, I'm gonna have him on the show. And I was like, well, can you ask him this question? And and he was like, well, I actually recorded it last week. It'll be on oh, a few.
0: Oh <laughs> man, what timing, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you sh- Your one question from Aaron said, hey, do you have any ad reads? <laughs> 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 what
1: a sick burn, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Never not funny, you are Dakota. Never not funny.
0: That's the that's the premise behind my hatred is because of Jimmy Pardo's podcast. Never not funny.
1: Okay, that was my guess, and that's why I said that.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. Good. We're we're on like a hive mind thing right now, and it's so weird. <laughs> it's Weird Al.
1: Very appro- appropriately weird. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. So let's talk about some of the since we've kind of naturally segued into it. Um. You've talked to Mary, and you've talked to Weird Al. Let's talk about some of the other ones, like Kevin Smith and Chris Hardwick. Okay. Just briefly, or well, I mean, not. you know what? Screw briefly. Talk about it as long as you want to.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, uh, well, with the Chris Hardwick thing, that was another uh, cameo I got in my podcast, and that's one of the defining reasons. I mean, if I can get real here for a second, that's one of the defining
0: Please get real here for a second.
1: <laughs> this is our version of WTF. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's one of the reasons that I look back on and have regret involving my podcast. Cause it's like, I can take the episode down at any time, but I feel like that would be dishonest or whatever. But like I was going through this time in my life where I was relying on substances way too much. And Hardwick is very famously a, uh, sober person who, uh, really like, uh, uh promotes sobriety and giving that yeah. up and
0: finding- a straight edge. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> very much like weird Al. Um, yeah. and, I, I was at a point in my life where I needed to uh, get off of that for a while, and I used, I didn't use, like a drug, I didn't use Hardwick <laughs> to do it, but I, I took him as an inspiration, and uh, cool. when I, but when I talked to him, that's all I talked to him about, and and uh, I think I asked him a few other questions, but he, he was very excited about the idea that he had inspired someone to give up substances, and of course, time goes by, and I get more of a grasp on my actual problems in life, and then I come back to using substances. So it's like this, this, um, um, this embarrassing thing out there for somebody to be able to listen to this point in my life where I thought I'd found that that's what I needed, and then like now time has passed, and that's not as true. It was only true at the moment, and that doesn't mm. uh, delegitimize it, but it just feels silly to have out there. Like, you know, pressed on record for all of time because, like, uh, you know, I had a few minutes with Hardwick and that's what I used it on. But uh, well, I don't know, it feels dishonest and weird.
0: To speak to that, though, um, there is sort of this kind of like cringe inducing thing where you look at things that you've done before and you're like, oh, that is not me, or how embarrassing I was so inexperienced, or just any reason, like your reasoning or any others. But I've learned the hard way, no matter how bad it was, sometimes, like, you need to keep it around just for sometimes just so you can laugh at it. Like I, I, I came across this thing from 2008 that I thought I had deleted forever and on purpose because it was this stupid dumb rap song called Swag Walk. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. True story. No one will ever hear it except for, and this is how I finally found it. I was going through old um, SkyDrive files. I don't even use SkyDrive anymore. I use Dropbox. I was going through SkyDrive files because something, some email reminded me that I still had an account and I found where I'd shared it with another guy I was working with on that project, not project, on this dumb rap song I made (laughs) and I was like, oh, what is this? And I listened to it and I was like, wow, this is very cringe-inducing and just absolutely terrible and while I'm not gonna probably share it for another few years, (laughs) I enjoyed like grimacing at myself. (laughs) So I think there's there's some truth behind um, even though that's not you and even though it could it could be downright embarrassing i i've come to the point where i don't like to delete stuff now unless it's just absolutely bad quality and there's there's reasons to delete like this is useless to society and it's not even bad in a good way yeah but i think if it's bad in a i think uh, i think it if it is bad in a good way i think there's some truth to like we should keep this around and i think that's good I, i'm glad you didn't get rid of it
1: oh yeah i appreciate that like and and to and since you're being vulnerable and, and revealing that i'll 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 share that um this is if i am was to share this anywhere this is the podcast to do it i thought it was a genius idea um <laughs> last year or maybe two years ago To i love the song couch potato just because when al raps it's fun to rap along with him because i'm not a huge rap guy anyway i love mm-hmm. eminem and kanye and and that's where it ends as far as my love for rap goes right um but I I hate how dated that song became, and also it came out in two thousand three, right before the TV bubble completely became recontextualized by Lost, mm-hmm. which is my favorite show of all time. Mm-hmm. So I um, wanted to like update uh, uh, Couch Potato. So I thought it would be fun to parody the parody of Lose Yourself by making a chronologi- ch- uh, chronological chronological. Um, song of all the shows that had happened since then and uh i recorded a version of that and i never realized how hard it was to rap and sound insincere at the same time and i gained an entirely new respect for the way al delivers all of his raps because it's so hard to affect your voice while you're trying to be so clear and talking so fast like it's so hard to inject irony into that and that was just something that i could not do so i just scrapped the whole thing
0: I'm glad you give him credence in in his ability to uh fully articulate unlike what I'm doing right now uh because we like three or four episodes ago we talked about that the uh that's a rap or something I don't remember what we called it. Um, we talked about that exact aspect. And as I was editing it and about to release it, I was like, ugh, do we really just do a full episode on how good he talks? <laughs> so I'm glad that you've admitted. It is is—it is pretty amazing how well he, he did that.
1: Yeah, I mean, we haven't heard from Chameleonair since, but I think when <laughs> uh, White and Nerdy came out, that was like the last press he got was he was like, wow, I'm really amazed at how great Al is at rapping.
0: We haven't heard from Chameleonair since because he achieved such success that he's afraid to re- let everyone know he should now go by Cabillionaire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was stupid. I hated it as it came out of my mouth. I was like, ugh. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. Um, since we're getting down to kind of the end of this thing and kind of the minutiae end of it, while the hardcore people are hearing us out, I want to touch back on something or two things actually. I had to eliminate a question from our trivia segment because you answered it in the earlier portion of the show.
1: <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious! What was?
0: I was it? gonna read it the way it was written. Uh, during a recent Today Show appearance, Al revealed the name of the artist slash band that most I've crossed it out, so I can't read it. That denied him the most, and it was Prince. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, and then but then you yelled, "It's Prince!" I was like, "Oh crap!" So I'm so like, if the next few seconds after you yelled Prince. It doesn't sound like I was listening. It's because I was vigorously crossing that out and coming up with a question.
1: <laughs> that is so funny. No, I didn't notice at all. Um, yep, I feel I feel compelled. Uh, just, I think this is the right place to share it. Uh, can we talk about the Green Day Weird Al crossover thing? Since I have
0: yes, that more. was the whole reason. Actually, I don't know why we haven't talked about it yet. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. Um, uh,
1: so the way I actually got into Green Day. Uh, Al turns me on to so many things, but uh, Mm. like I remember in the early days of Napster, when we were all first like streaming or or downloading music, I was going through his, uh, his album sleeves to download these songs included in the polka medleys to see what they actually sounded like, because I couldn't, I didn't have the context that the rest of the world did of knowing these songs as popular to laugh at them being in the polkas. Yeah. And uh, so when I, like i got to basket case yes because i went through them all chronologically and there was only like one album after that but like i it it i still have this visual like i can close my eyes and remember the moment i heard basket case for the first time that's like cool. just because i was downloading, downloading them based from weird al polkas like it flipped my world around just to hear those distorted chunky sounds uh with billy joe's voice and like like Suddenly, I became a fan of punk rock. Like right then, like when I was like twelve years old, all because of Weird Al.
0: I was um, just this, this cut open my heart and pour all the stuff out. Um, I was raised a good little Christian boy, and uh, didn't hear anything from the times I was growing up. Like the, uh, I was born '87, so I missed all of '90s music until, uh, again, no, this was uh, this is ninth grade, so it was post uh, the Unauthorized Al era of my life um a guy at, at school turned me on to green day but the album out at the time was american idiot and i was like this is so cool i've never heard anything like this and then years would pass and i'd be like man this older stuff is actually really cool too <laughs> like maybe cooler Yeah. Just, uh, i know it's said a lot by people but as a actual like um like a hardcore green day fan not to give too much away about your show but for people who haven't listened does it follow the traje- trajectory that a lot of people's fandom does? And do y'all reveal that American Idiot and post that, that it's kind of like a shift in their their musical sense? And it's kind of like, do you, do you ever at one point say it's not as good as their old stuff, basically?
1: Um, I think Patrick and I are hardcore enough to appreciate all aspects of everything they do and appreciate like the growth of the artists. Um, but there's definitely, that was like, Chapter two was when American Idiot came
0: out. For sure. Um
1: I I remember I when you were doing the episode of like worst weird owl songs, I think Garrett had Canadian Idiot in mm-hmm. in his and he reasoned that as like uh he hated American Idiot. That's what, and he said and and I'm not calling him out because this is what tons of people say and I argue against this on the show a lot, but he said uh the Green Day totally sold out, American Idiot was them selling out and like you know, when I when I think of what selling out is, I'm like, selling out is you know, if you uh, don't drink alcohol, and then like uh, uh, do a beer <laughs> ad, which is which yeah famously Al like did not do after like uh, the the uh, dude from UHF was killed in a uh, drunk driving accident. Um, the guy who did uh, the animal clubhouse segment of the movie. Um,
0: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: but. Um, like to me that would be what selling out is is to not believe in something and then to take something for the money but like yeah. their previous album warning before that had not sold much at all and that was them going in a new direction too and american idiot felt like the next step like uh patrick's really good on the show of defining all of their influences and before warning They only took their punk rock influences and only seeded their rock and roll history knowledge and very sparsely before then. But once Warning hit, they were like, "Let's let's try some more new things." And then American Idiot was like them figuring out exactly what they were able to do as a band. And like, like they were always huge fans of the Who. So to me, like the reason Al's such a genius is because like when you write a song as a musician it comes out usually like one way one style one thing that totally like uh uh, vibes with your personality or the gist of you or the tone of like what you're trying to relay and that's what like say the first chapter of green day's career is but like al is able to uh take his his influences or look at any band and that's why I think like his originals are amazing, especially the style parodies, is because it's kind of a middle finger to the idea that we hold these people in high regard, is he's like, I was able to listen to these guys for a few months, and then recreate their entire sound just by myself without having the experience that they did. Like, it's like, look how easy this is. Uh, You think The Doors are great? I can write a stupid song about (laughs) Craigslist and make it sound exactly like The Doors. And so the way Al does that with his style parody is I think that's what Green Day realized that they could do with all of their classic rock influences with American Idiot. I think it was the opposite of selling out. It was like them realizing their full potential. And, uh, mm. um, so it's just, it's just having to accept the idea that, uh, people grow and things change. Um, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, some people see American Idiot as George Lucas's Star Wars prequels by comparison, but, uh, yeah. you know, I'm a crazy nerd who defends the Star Wars prequels too. So whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need to do an episode about that. <laughs> I have to have you on my other show for that.
1: <laughs> oh, sure. I'd be happy to. To follow up uh, real quick with the Canadian idiot, uh, I think uh, when Garrett was talking about that, he was saying that like, it was such an obvious, easy parody to do. And uh, I think in the year 2006, and I'm just using your platform to say this because we don't talk about Weird Al on my show, so I apologize. <laughs> but uh, in the year 2006, that was like like at the like right before you could find a parody of anything immediately on YouTube and uh when when he had the idea for canadian idiot it does seem obvious but also so does the idea of like a surgeon over like a virgin like we we know the story of like madonna uh Mm -hmm. suggesting that so it's it's sort of like if anyone else had done like a surgeon it would have been stupid yep so when you find the guy who like who does parodies better than anyone, it's like, you might as well get the guy who does it to do the obvious idea, because he had a clever twist on it that nobody else had. I mean, I've had the complaint before that Al doesn't get political at all, but um, when, we gotta remember, when Straight Out of Linwood came out, it was 2006, uh, mm-hmm. the Bush was still in office, um, and he has this line, I'm going to look it up. It's right at the end of
0: You're talking about this the kind of uh, backhanded, um, he, kind, uh, he says a lot of things that they have that we don't, but he says them in a way like, we don't need that super great stuff. Yeah, but like
1: he, <laughs> so he spends the whole song making fun of them as if we're better than them. Yep. And then the song ends with a, uh, see the map, they're hovering right over us. Tell you the truth, it makes me kind of nervous. Always hear the same kind of story, break their nose and they'll just say sorry. Tell me what kind of freaks are that polite. It's got to mean they're all up to something. So quick before we see it coming, time for, time for a preemptive strike. And then you hear the atom bomb. That's like Al getting as pointed politically as I think he ever will, like saying that like we start unnecessary wars uh, with, with people. And, and I think that was like the way to use Canadian Idiot was to, instead of uh, being to make fun of Canada, would be to uh, call out America and make us look stupid ultimately. And I thought that was like freaking genius. So that's why that's one of my favorite Al parodies out there.
0: Yeah, what I was referring to was, um, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact words he used. Um, he says that they don't, they never leave the house without packing heat. Um, yeah. They have, uh, uh, what is I'm the, sure
1: they got their national health care,
0: national health care. That's the one. Those are, both of those things are like, oh, look, gun, <laughs> their gun crime is not as bad as ours and they have national health care. So that in and of itself is a little bit of a political statement. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It, it. I thought that for the longest time too, that he's not political, but a lot of other fans have opened my eyes to other instances where he's, actually kind of like sort of through a back road gets to the political stuff, which I think is just adds more to the genius of what he does. Totally. All right, Ken. I've had a lot of fun. This has been awesome. I've loved this. I agree 100%. I'm really upset now that Garrett wasn't able to join us because I feel like y'all would have had a lot to talk about too. So we definitely need to redo this. Well, not redo this, but uh, (laughs) in a future episode, have you back, um, especially with season four coming around. Is there a favorite album you have that we definitely need to have you on that episode, if nothing else?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, we, we got squeeze box coming out and I'm excited about all of these being remastered. So like, mm-hmm. I like, uh, everything from running with scissors on the most, but, um, I, I, if I had to choose one, I'd say uh, poodle hat or Straight out of Linwood are my favorites. Cool,
0: Interesting choices. All right. Well, um, that's all I've got. Is there anything else you want to say?
1: Did you want to ask me my favorite?
0: See, I stopped doing that because every time I do it, I was like, "Oh man, that's so hard. I can't." There's just too many good songs, and it's just, it just—it never—it never is fruitful enough. So I've stopped asking it, but I will. Ken Edwards, my final question: What is your favorite Weird Al song?
1: It is hard to choose. I only choose this because I, uh, I, I, I knew I was coming on here, and I felt like it'd be an answer nobody else would have. But I love when Al does a song that doesn't sound like uh anyone else where it sounds like it's coming straight from him there are a few examples that like i could not match them to other artists like uhf and i remember larry hardware store stuff like that Mm -hmm. but i feel like on his first album he has one of the best punk rock songs i've ever heard and if you just replace the accordion with electric guitar in it (laughs) everyone would agree i'll be mellow when i'm dead is like it it's undeniably amazing punk rock. and if you just updated the references and added electric guitar in a modern version of that song, uh, it, would, it would be it would be the best
0: I, re- I remember you saying something about that before and you actually kind of opened my eyes. I was like, man, I've never given that song like the, the, the listening that it deserves. And then after you said that and then played it, I was like, "Wow, this song is really punk rock. And it's actually really cool. like the lyrics are amazing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's got that young energy that I feel like yeah. we wouldn't get from him today.
0: Yeah, it, it almost makes you wish that the music industry itself would be more subservient to Al instead of the other way around. Like, hey, people make better music, so <laughs> he has better things to work off of. Because as we've said before, he his his originals are amazing, but it's the parodies that make him all the money. So he has to like he has to kind of play into the music industry's hands quite a bit. Exactly. Anyway, all right. Well, that's awesome. I'm that was a good. I'm glad you made me ask you that question because it was worth it in the end. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, for me, Dakota Rimmer, for my missing co-host Garrett Hale, and for Mister Ken Edwards from all the way in Austin, Texas. Um, that's the end of our show. Go check us out on Twitter. Mine is at ours is at uh, at talking ltu I believe, and my personal one is at. The underscore Rimmerverse reverse. Garrett's is at Bl- Karn Spyro, I believe. I think it's in the post thing that we play. If not, I'll fix it. Um, Ken's is at Ken. Edwards.
1: Uh, it's the Ken Edwards, Ken with
0: two N's. The Ken Edwards with two N's in the Ken. Okay. Oh, I thought I was close, but I was not close at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and go check him out on YouTube. The same Ken M. Edwards, Ken with two N's. Yep. Um, anything else you need to plug?
1: uh listen to welcome to paradise it sounds like a real uh nerdy green day show only for fans of that band but we really do our best to make it palatable to everyone uh, because we're two comedians and like being silly so uh you'll learn a lot about the history of rock and roll in the meantime even if you're not a fan of green day
0: since you have all this uh built up until this moment uh weird al knowledge energy inside of you honestly how many times when you are talking about green day on your podcast Does a little bit of Weird Al kind of slip out? We're like, well, in comparison, Weird Al did blah blah blah. Uh,
1: You'll definitely hear it a few times in there. I definitely (laughs) came up during when we were discussing alternative poker and Canadian idiot, but not as much as I got to get into it here. Um, And and just uh, because I spent a lot of time on it and I'm really proud of it, I started my friend's movie AV uh, by directed by Joseph William Lewis, and you can find that um, on YouTube.com/slash Toasted Schizo. That's S C H I Z O.
0: What's the spell, the name of the movie? Uh, A V it's just a slash just A V sweet. Like audio visual. Yep. Awesome. Uh, check us out next time. Um, more stuff, cool stuff coming down the road. There's a, there's more shows on the network. Finally. Uh, we can get into that later. Um, again, thanks for listening. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. And, uh, We'll see you next time. And like we always say, Dare it's the time of the day. <laughs> this is so hard to sync up over the phone. We always have problems with this. Let's do it. Let's count down. Three, two, one. Dare, Dare to be stupid. It wasn't that fun? It was great. I Let's loved it. Belted it out. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Me Talking Weird out to You is a podcast on the Weird Mountain Network. Find it on weirdmountainpodcast.com or on Twitter at Talking Al to You. The hosts are Dakota Rimmer and Garrett Hale, and they can be found on Twitter at the underscore rumorverse and at Hale 89 respectively. If you'd like to talk to us about this show or any of the other ones on this network, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash weirdmountainpodcast. Consider leaving us a review on iTunes, because the world needs more good things.